Blog Talk Radio. You're at ACO Radio, American Communications Online, or any affiliated stations or websites are not responsible for what guests, hosts, or call-ins may say. All programming is intended for informational and entertainment purposes only. Hello, world. Welcome aboard, all you ground troops, spinning around smartly on the planet we call home, Earth, Gaia, Sophia, Sophia. We are happy to have our co-host tonight, Michael Lee Woods, known as Mike Woods tonight, helping us for the first time on a Saturday, and he's a very busy man. He's an artist of Tennessee, and he's been with us about eight years in the Ace Folk Life, thus here on social media and LinkedIn and Facebook, and he does a really good job staying in touch with everybody, so be sure and pick him up as Michael Woods on Facebook and Inspiration uh He's an inspiring artist, but I'll have to get him to say the name now, <laughs> inspiration artist or something. Mike, introduce yourself. I called Ken, so I guess he'll be here in a minute. Uh, I didn't have it up fast enough for him to call in, but he's not answering, so he'll be here. But Ken, uh, Mike, go ahead. Introduce yourself, please. Uh, uh, hello, TJ. It's always good to be with you on radio. Uh, I am Mike Woods. I'm from Tennessee. Uh now, I have a regular job, but I I do this because I like to help TJ out, and uh, I just like TJ. I've known her, like she said, for about eight years, uh, and I've always been interested in UFOs and all kinds of unusual stuff, and just about five years ago, I picked up painting, and uh, my Facebook page, if you want to look at my art on Facebook, it's under Artistic Impressions by Michael, and I post works in progress, finished works. I've got the idea to do a live video at the end of the month on the 29th, so if you don't have anything better to do, tune in and check that out. Uh, I reckon that's about it for the way of introduction for me. Seems like All I've right, gone yeah. through this introduction several times. <laughs> I worked you uh, more than usual this week. I apologize to you, Michael. He's had to step up to the plate, and uh, we didn't know we were going to get Ken Johnston back today, and he was going to do Wednesday with Ben Pelham, so be sure and come back Wednesday. Ben Pelham of the Pelham Planetary Research. So he and Ken hit it off on Tuesday nights last year, and uh, Ken's uh, been a little under the weather. He'll be 80. October 2nd, so 10 to 22 uh, Mike, be sure and write that down for us, please, 10 to 22 uh, so we remember he's 80 years old. Now, today, I want to give a big shout-out. Happy birthday to Sasha Lesson of Maui, Hawaii, our illustrious leader in anthropology with our Ace Folk Life Society, Art, Culture, Education, and... Um, I really miss Sasha, and I wish you could come on today. He's a delightful soul, very busy man. Uh, he still teaches. He teaches aerobics. He's a, a psychology major, master of psychology from the University of California. But he's celebrating uh, with Janet Carlson today, so I invite them both. I put a little picture up tonight on Blog Talk Radio forward slash TJ Marcy T Radio, if any of you want to see him. 
there's me and Janet and Sasha back in 2017 and a picture of Ken in 2017, five years ago. And uh, Ken asked to do a show today, and I don't see him on the board, and he wasn't answering. But I talked to him earlier, and then I told him I'd call him, and uh, I'll have to try to call him on the studio today since uh, he's not answering, or I don't see him on the board. But let me see if I can raise him. But uh, Mike, why don't you uh, be I'm, – I'm going to go ahead. You'll probably hear me calling but let's see if we can get him otherwise we're going to talk about him till he gets here uh let me put his number in here mike and then uh mike oh. has been doing research today now ken is an author of ken's moon and another one that sasha lesson helped him take took him back and uh memories at the uh contact in the desert and uh, helped him go back and remember things that were uh, in his subconscious. But I'm calling him. We'll see if he answers. Hello? You're live and on the air, Ken. Is that you? Ken Johnston, um, if you can figure out your equipment. Okay, he hung up. <laughs> okay, maybe he's going to call back in. So he uh, apparently he's trying, folks. He's had an accident. Uh, he's, he was in an auto accident. And he got kicked twice by his horse or his wife's horse. She's at a show today with her little show ponies or her larger horses. I'm not sure. I didn't ask, but um, hopefully Ken will be right back. Or maybe I should try to call him back uh, I know he's trying to get on bless his heart he's, it was his idea to go ahead because we don't never know how long we're going to have these guys so he was going to show up and let uh, Mike interview him and so Mike did a little 505-715 okay I'm going to try one more time dial one more time we'll see if we can get him to hold on the show this time. Ken? Ken? Ken, can you hear me? Earth to Ken Johnston. This is the radio show, TJMRCT Radio. Okay. Uh, well, okay. Not sure how to deal with this. I've not had this happen to me. Well, this is the first, so maybe he'll try to call in. He's got the phone number. <laughs> in the meantime, let me go ahead and get Mike. Why don't you share the research, uh, getting Ken on the line here. I guess Ken's going to try to call in or having trouble with his equipment. He's totally capable. He knows about it, and he said he would call the uh, 516-387-1804 number. But, Mike, uh, what did you find out today, being that you didn't know you were going to do this? This was spontaneous to help Ken Johnston out today as an author and our solar ambassador. What did you find out about him by yourself? Uh, you, caught, you, you, caught me with, you caught me with my computer off. I've got to get booted up and find my information again now. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'll, I'll have it going here in just a minute. Uh, okay. Well, I know you said you found some information. Plus, yeah, if you can pull up maybe on your phone even, I sent you a little email. Uh, but there's pictures up here, folks, of Ken, too. But the reason Ken is important is he actually worked uh, with us uh, years ago at NASA and went through the training. He's a pilot. He went to the United States Marine Corps here in Pensacola, where I live. I live across the bridge. They call it the Three Mile Bridge in Gulf Breeze. We have five or to eight uh, naval base, uh, well, just military bases around us. And uh, we're very proud of our United States of America. And we've had our Blue Angels here, the home uh, of the Blue Angels here. And uh, Ken went through the school and uh, graduated and became a pilot before he went to uh, train with his uh, brother and uncle at NASA. And uh, then forward, uh, he, he actually worked and trained and wore the equipment, the same that the astronauts did. They put a lot of pilots. They wanted pilots back then, folks. And he was one of those uh, dedicated already in the Marines and flying. So it was easy for him to get transitioned into Navy and Grumman. And uh, then after that, for many years, which I knew him there, he worked in film and uh, gathering the space uh, film that we kept in the archives. And he was... uh, he feels like he was supposed to have a, a set that uh, they had just told him to discard, which we were discarding a lot of things back then. It's hard to explain <laughs> unless you were there <laughs> for a reason. So we're going to discuss some UFO secret space uh, information that uh, is now known. Uh, it's not classified any longer, but those pictures, I don't believe were ever classified. And then, Wednesday, when we talk about the moon and uh, the base with the way people see it in uh, space, we'll be talking with Ben Pelham. But uh, anyway, have you had time to get on yet, Mr. Mike? Yeah, yeah I've, got it. I've got it pulled up. Uh, I, I'm going I'm to start out with uh, what I found on his career. Uh, and he was born in Corpus Christi on... October 2nd, 1942, which uh, you mentioned earlier, and studied at Oklahoma City University. He enlisted in the United States Marines in August of 62 and reported to Pensacola, Florida as a cadet for flight training in September of 1964. He's a qualified avionics technician hired by Grumman Aircraft, uh, principal con- contractor for the lunar uh, Apollo lunar module to assist with cockpit and instrument development training and training in Houston. Uh, he's described his status at that time as a civilian astronaut consultant pilot. Uh, from 69 to 72, during the Apollo program, he was employed by Brown and Root, who were the principal contractors to NASA for management of the Lunar Receiving Laboratory, where all moon rocks were stored, curated, cataloged, et cetera, and so forth. Uh, let's see. Uh, in uh, 1977, he applied to uh, NASA for astronaut selection duty as a space shuttle astronaut 
but apparently he got turned down for that because of in, because of his academic qualifications. Uh, let's see. He obtained a Ph.D. in metaphysics from Reformed Baptist Theological Seminary in Denver. Uh, and let's see. By the time NASA was recruiting again, uh, he he was uh, apparently they considered him uh, too old for it. But he did join NASA's educational outreach program as a solar system ambassador. In 1980, he was hired by Martin Marietta and sent to Vandenberg Air Force Base in California to be part of the team adapting the site for launching the space shuttle. And let's see. Uh, last job was in aerospace was was with Boeing in Seattle, where he was uh, designated as a human factors engineer. Uh, all right, that's that. Uh, let's see, and that's what I've got to this point in time. Uh, I'll continue looking to see if I can find some more stuff on him. Of course, he is, let me see, I know he's authored, I think, two books. Let me see if I can find the names of them. TJ, do you happen to know the names of his books offhand? TJ? Am I here? Is anybody yeah. here? Oh, I'm here. I just yeah, talked I, to Ken. Oh, is he here? He's out feeding. He uh, said he'll be here in about 15 minutes. He said he's out feeding the horses and the chickens. Okay, so, well, let's see. Uh, let's see. Uh, we'll call you back, or you can call us back. So he's, um, <laughs> uh, folks, when you get to be 80, you do what you want to do when you want to do it. So he's the one that went into the show. <laughs> Me and Mike are here to uh, support him. Let's see. I've. I, I think I've got two books of his here now. Ken's Moon, The Smoking Gun That Reveals the Dark Secret of NASA, and uh, Regression of a NASA Whistleblower, Selection from a Regression Session with Commentary. And I know the one is available. I think uh, both are probably available on Amazon. I know I know the first one is. I'm not sure about the second one, if anybody's interested after hearing this tonight. I finally remember I, when I when I talked with you earlier, TJ. I said I didn't recognize the name, but the more I think of, more I thought about it during the day, the more I realized I had heard his name in connection with uh, Richard Hoagland. I think, as a matter of fact, I think it was Richard Hoagland that I heard mention him. So uh, once he gets here, maybe we can get started, and maybe we'll all learn some stuff because I'm. While I've heard his name mentioned, I'm really not f- that familiar with what he is, what uh, his connection to the uh, UFO community. Though I have a vague idea. Okay, well, yeah, he was a out there kind of spokesperson for NASA, and JPL, and you mentioned Solar Ambassador a while ago. The first the first time you talked, and that's the way I know him because we're both public relations officers for space, NASA, Chris Craft, and uh, we uh, work with ACIR, American Culture International Relations, and ACR Advisory Council, Intergovernment Relations. 
And uh, I shouldn't have, shouldn't have chose, <laughs> chose to choose nuts. <laughs> well, that's a go down in history. Back then, I was interviewed for a lot of people. Remember Art Bell? And uh, Art and Bit. And I had him on a few times with Richard Hoagland. One of the most famous things that Ken Johnston and Richard Hoagland did was get together. And it wasn't like a big thing going to Mars and the face of Mars until um, they got that poster. And uh, <laughs> uh, Ken was helping Richard. Uh, well, our Richard was helping Ken. I'm not sure how. They all wound up at, uh, I remember the history, but they wound up down here in Florida where I live, but they were uh, for a launch going to Mars. So uh, this is sort of historical. A lot of people show up and uh, take all these pictures. It's a big day going to Mars. Uh, you want to look that up, Mike Farmy, about uh, looking, I think it's, um, the uh, in Florida when they go to uh, put NASA to Mars, it's Mars. Uh, it was I think they were sending up the Hubble or not the Hubble. Shoot, no, I'm trying my thing. It was uh, one of the <laughs> prepared, aren't I? Um, the thing is, Richard and Ken put it on the map because. People just weren't that excited about it, although, you know, the normal people showed up that uh, do press releases, and uh, we had quite a few television stations out there. Richard was – Hoagland was already in television and press. He was already very well known for that, and uh, now I, I carry a press pass, but I'm also a contactee and have the uh, UFO secret space and social media. And started the UFO Association with uh, Stanton T. Friedman. But we had uh, our 100 ufologists that we handpicked and then worked with Fate Magazine with uh, Phyllis Galdi. And we all got together and uh, started promoting the word ufologist. And uh, it was uh, with uh, – back before I was with UFO Digest as an author, publisher, to, um, talking about – the future as a precog and working in what they uh, later called the Stargate portal program, but Stargate and SRI Institute and uh, Paul H. Smith, Joe McMonagall, uh, Russell Targ, these are the big names we knew at the time that uh, I, I, I give Russell Targ all the credit, but it was also Ingo Swan was the most famous back then. Now, how, what's all this got to do with Mars? Was Were we interpreting that many of us were uh, remote viewing what uh, psychics separate from remote viewing? I was in that program too as a psychic, but we were working as, uh, I guess you'd say, later on it was the Mankind Research, MRU. But all of this goes together as contractors and uh, how we went in and out working on the Roswell case with Jesse Marcel. And um, that's who we were talking about yesterday at Roswell. Now, I did go and investigate, and uh, my husband investigated. He's passed over, Thomas Ray Morris, 
Agent Morris and myself. And uh, we were those that you weren't allowed to talk about or mention, like men in black. And we had hip pocket orders from the President Reagan at the time, President Bush before that. Dick Cheney, I don't know if I know his name was mentioned uh, to me several times. And so this, uh, these are men, uh, the pre- two presidents of the United States I met and uh, worked directly for. And uh, that's the older George uh, Walker. How do you uh, recognize that? Do you call him senior? How do you separate senior from junior, Mike, in today's time? You're a lot younger than I am. Well, if I was named after my dad, I would be junior, so... Uh, and yeah, George Walker. Well, look him up. You know what? They separ- I don't know if they went by junior or senior or not, but Janet keeps correcting me for uh, historical purposes, because I kept saying George Bush, but they don't like that. So there's Herbert Walker, and I can't do it because I've got mine tied up on the board. I think that's George Sr., yeah. I think that's old man George that followed Reagan. Okay, old man George. <laughs> You can tell we're from well, the South. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying that, that, George, that Junior is young, but uh, let's face it, George Senior would be old, was, would be older than George Junior now. So, yeah, I did a, a, a show uh, back in YouTube days. Well, I guess I'm still on YouTube, but I did a YouTube when he passed over, and we had his uh, funeral in Houston. Um. Anyway, so how it all. Relate oh, is Ken. Uh, I'm a Cosmos ambassador. He's Solar ambassador, and uh, we were just to make sure that we could keep the history, hold the line, the storyline between uh, going to space and the moon and Mars. Did you find the story about Richard Hoagland and Ken Johnston or Mars? Oh, no. No, I actually got sidetracked look, trying to find out something about his books, but uh, I will go back. <laughs> Let me go back and look that up. I was, I was trying to see yeah. what I could find out on his on his books because I'm kind of interested in reading them at some point. But oh, I've got it here. Some, I've got it here at my uh, house. I, could, I may have to look that up on my phone because they want me to sign in to find out anything on that. But let me. Yeah, I sat here and got, it got dark here. Folks, apologize. Uh, we are volunteers, so give us a, a little bit of a break. Uh, we don't get paid for this. <laughs> and this kind of hit, uh, hit, hit it short uh, on short notice, so I'm not as prepared as I would like to be for it. But All right, I got Ken's uh, book right here, Autobiography. Uh, Revealing well, the Dark see, Mission of NASA. But I got to turn some lights on. I can't believe the sun went down that quick. I sit here, and all of a sudden, it got pitch black in my house. Wow. It's still, it's well, sun, I, I, oh, it's gone down, but it's just dark outside. Wow. Got dark quick. It's, I see why it's got gray over it. We had the Blue Angels this weekend, folks. We are celebrating July 8th and 9th and all over the world, but mainly in America. And uh, it was. Woods that has stepped up as the director for Ace Look Life to have to remind us about yesterday. So all this got thrown together relatively quick. <laughs> and, well, uh, so far all I've been, 
all I have been able to find are, are a series of YouTube videos with him and uh, Richard Hoagland. But and mm-hmm. looks like I've just looks like I've just went right back to the same article I was looking at earlier. Uh, yeah, I don't think you've I'm got not... the poster I'm talking about. Now here, uh, <laughs> he just. In the front of his book, he autographed it. To my dear friend, Teresa J. Marsh, this is just the beginning of the ACO and me. And then he forgot to cite it. Ask <laughs> Ken, uh, 25 2019 And he had uh, <laughs> promised me back in 2017 he'd send me his book, and he finally got around to it two years Later, God bless his soul, but it is what it is his handwriting. So Ken Johnston Sr., and bless his heart, he's had a hard road to plow, considering um, he loved the business. And so he's a good spokesperson. He has a great voice, and he's a very learned man, very intelligent. Ooh, thunder. I know why now it got dark. <laughs> I live down here on the ocean in tropical storm area, folks, in Gulf Breeze our UFO headquarters, and also ACO for the Allied Command Organization. We called it Alien Contact Organization. <laughs> but he married friend Helen Marshall Johnston, and she worked uh, uh, in government, too. We've got a lot of people that worked in the government. So uh, I'd like to mention that uh, his brother, Dr. Abraham Russell Johnston, Jr., my first cousin, United States Air Force Captain Dr. Donald Garrett, and uh, he's a lifelong friend in high school, the United States Marine Corps Sergeant Jack W. Lancaster, that since passed over. And then he, of course, knew Edgar Mitchell, uh, the astronaut. And uh, Ken probably knew every astronaut. We've discussed it in the cars and uh, the meetings we went to and the shows we went to. We went to see uh, – um, oh, shoot. I'm trying to think what we went to see. Anyway, Ken Johnson Sr., Right place, right time, right stuff, right thing. Hold the line. Just let it happen. Ken Johnston Sr. Now, uh, he's a very handsome man in his dress blues. God bless him here in Pensacola. Uh, he was an honor man and guide on bearer in the U.S. Marine Corps. He uh, was fortunate enough with Jack that he earned the U.S. Marine Corps Magazine Blue Award. Outstanding Marine of Company. Camp Pendleton Marine Base uh, combat training. And, uh, well, people keep calling me, that's for sure. <laughs> Let me see. If it's... Ken, bless his heart, folks. When you get older, bless his apologizing to us, but he wanted to get some of this. We're helping a lot of people. Yeah, let's see. I think he's calling the wrong number. Recent. This time, but... Well, he's got my home number and he's not calling the studio well we'll work it out folks but as you get older and then he he was he has had a heart attack and uh he's been out maybe about a month maybe when i uh so he's trying to get back out there and be our illustrious leader but he was a five-star commander with our group for at least the veterans for permission to do the kind of work that he was assigned to do, but he stayed with it all these years. And uh, 
we finally got him to write a book. I was part of that instrumental and have him coming back on this show 10 years ago. And let me see when he wrote this book. Uh, it was me, and uh, he went and got Karen, Karen the editor, Karen Christine Patrick. Y'all might remember Karen and Brett Cullen Shepard years ago. He did some graphic artist for Ken uh, back in the day, but he didn't have a book, so we asked him to do it. And he got it done uh, with them. And let me see. It doesn't say here. Let me see who the publisher is. Ken's Moon Autobiography. I know he's got it on Amazon, and uh, he he gave me this one. But he did work uh, with NASA. And uh, he and – got to get him on here. When he was with – Richard Hoagland was really pleased to get – Richard went to his house in Mexico, New Mexico, to get the NASA Lunar Sample Information Catalog and the landing pictures because Ken had a complete set. He put, uh, I think he made five copies, but he put one in with Glenn Dennis at the Roswell UFO Museum. So they do have a copy of those pictures. Now, interestingly enough, it ties into the moon, Ken's moon, and William Tompkins and uh, extraterrestrials and how we're all noticing that several people several people including myself on the planet have been visited from time to time and we're all uh, i guess we're more like contactees but for whatever reason some of us were in uniform and some of us weren't and then some of us were directed to help with the disclosure project i called it the ascension age because i took this spiritual uh, path by choice since I was dying all the time, and uh, I wanted to know why I was dying, and they kept bringing me back. <laughs> I mean, you know, like super soldiers. So that's what uh, Janet and Lori and Fenton over in the Santa Clara area, Victoria Jack, used to have a group meeting for years up there in Santa Jose, San Jose, Santa uh, Santa Clara area, and so. Uh, Lauren went and passed out some cards about having a get together and the MUFON, and that's the way they knew her. And then she came on my show back in 2012, and then she was introducing one of the gentlemen from Super Soldier uh, fame, or starting the fame, or wanted to get the story out about people that worked off playing it. And that was a super secret at the time, and uh, she got picked up. They told her, uh, including a mad painter, who all of you may remember. Ten years ago, Thomas R. Becker, he also wrote a book, and uh, it's, we all came together and started writing our own books about our memories, or at least stories that you people that hadn't been involved in knowing about space are the levels of reality, because it is our reality. It's just not everybody's reality. So, uh, Mike, uh, until he gets on here, why don't you ask me some questions? Since uh, well, we're filling the time, but we're going to do the UFO headquarters and the Secret Space uh, Command and Allied Command Intergalactic Relations. You're part of the ACIR, and you're doing a good job. We'll get you to get this book written between me and Ken and you, how you got stepped into this reality. Well, actually, I'm I've, been sitting here, mm-hmm. I've, been no, I've been nosing around trying to find some more information on them. I've managed to find a little bit more information. Uh, apparently, it was in 96 uh, that Richard Hoagland uh, uh, 
requested that he go public with with his knowledge of what he experienced at NASA. I don't really want to tell his story for him, but uh, I'd really rather I'm let sure him tell his own story. Well, most people know that know Ken know his story, but it's in the book Ken's Moon for all of you out there in historical purpose. We're live and on the air. That's why you're hearing all these uh, <laughs> glitches in reality because we've asked. Uh, well, Ken, I, was, uh, I asked him to come on Wednesday again with uh, the uh, talking about the moon and Mars with Ben Pelham, but. Uh, he had some time today, and he asked to come on, but I think he may have forgotten now since he's out feeding the horses. But I told him I'd call him back or he could call in. But uh, I'm looking at Grumman Aerospace. Uh, you know, he it says this was July 69, 28th of July, that he was employed at Grumman Aerospace, and that's where a lot of the engineers that worked at NASA they worked in the building of NASA, I remember, because I was there. I had firsthand information. I had a badge and uh, came and go, and so did my husband. We had to be cleared to get that badge. And so we all are cleared. And uh, my goodness, is that uh, – I don't know what to do because – unless I call him again. But I said 20 minutes. Let's see. Has it been 20 minutes yet? But I'll have to call him. It's, it's been a while because I, I'm starting to run out of steam here because I, mm-hmm. I want to ask, I want to, I want to hear his story from his mouth. I don't want to sit here and piece it together with stuff I've found. I'd rather, as it were, hear it from the horse's mouth. Pardon the pun, but uh, yeah, while he's still uh, here on the planet, we've lost so many of his friends already, folks. As uh, Military and veterans. Let me call him one more time, see if he'll answer. Okay. Uh, let's see. What can I talk about? What? Well, we've, we've discussed his book. Uh, I'm hearing myself talking back through my phone. I'm getting some weird feedback again. Uh Uh, put me on hold and you on hold. Let's see, I'm calling. Darling Ken right now. Well? Are you, th- oh, I've got you off. Well, I guess I'll just wait and see if he'll call back in. Okay, I, this is very embarrassing, but folks, it's just uh, we're have, we've been we really want to honor Ken and as a solar ambassador for our Allied Command Intergalactic Relations. And Mike Woods, as a Marine Corps person, understands he's holding the line and anchoring for our illustrious leader here <laughs> in public relations work and pulling together Ken for. Uh, and how he has done so much work. We have all these kids today under 50, and we draw the line at 50 and above now. Uh, that's just because so many of us are baby boomers retiring now. Uh, but Ralph Kennedy Johnston got to be known as Ken Johnston. 
Dr. Ken for some people and the associate curators of lunar sampling, et cetera, et cetera. But we have uh, ways that we do honoring our clubs as commanders. And uh, the Solar Commander badge I put here on TJMRCT Radio, you've got a copy of those years. Can you see what I sent you in email? But he was interviewed by the National Press Club in Washington, D.C. So he did go public. And it was a long time ago. So we've known about this secret space and this space force a long time before they came out uh, officially with the government and titling it. So it was always there, folks. And there's some people you may find expose that. And I know two of them are Linda Moulton Howell and Carrie Cassidy, two ladies. Now, Carl Lorenzen was a woman that helped us get going a long time ago in Wisconsin with APRO, A-P-R-O. And uh, Ken was on his way to Mars. They put they were going to let him go to Mars, and he had a suit with Mars, and Mars won. And uh, he, he, like uh, Michael said, he was a little too old, I guess. But the Solar System Ambassador Identification Badge in Area 51 but the solar system ambassadors from 2004, 5, 6, 7, and then he shows his S4 security pass. But it, going in and out, we had to exchange badges, just so you know. Uh, and I'll tell you who is talking about that now is Richard Doty, D-O-T-Y. So Richard Doty was Air Force, and uh, he worked in uh, intelligence. Now, he wouldn't be considered a man in black because I've never heard him talk like that. But me, I was undercover, or a private investigator, legal investigator, government investigator, but I was uh, non-disclosed or a non-official cover. They call them knocks in the business. Uh, Gumshoe kind of – we're pretty much on our own in and out of country. It's a long story, but you can hear the history uh, in public relations. But – I got to go in and out of mission control in Houston, the command service. I remember very well what it looked like and how it was, and that was my job. Back then, I was too young to be an investigator, but they were training me and educating me. And men even came to my house, men in black. I've always had men in black around me. They do exist. And I couldn't tell you who they were now to save my life. I know when I went to McLean, Virginia, and Tyson Corners, and they brought them into my polygraph, still hooked up. They had me reading psychic cards and doing transcendental meditation hooked up to polygraphs. I think it was all for the narrative, and uh, I didn't appreciate the gentleman asking me certain questions, but uh, I realized that I was going to be working with AI and uh, I did not want to be programmed, although one of them said programmed. I said, what does that mean? So they had me uh, a very precarious position working in the intelligence community. But if I got caught, as long as I was in America, I worked for the State Department. That's the way it was. And a lot of people don't understand how we work. But at the time, you don't talk about it. I'm retired now. I'm 70. I hope to be on the planet until I'm 134, but that remains to see if my AI equipment works, if they can keep rejuvenating me. I, they've replaced some parts in me. 
<laughs> taking some parts out of me. And uh, Ken uh, was supposed to actually do more public relations work in the spiritual science side with Universal Life. And he was up and down in Modesto, California. And he was one of the big shots back then. And I know that. And uh, he had all the paperwork helping them because we had wound up with two universal life groups that I am also in as an ordained minister. And uh, that's fine. Uh, but becoming a solar system ambassador, he had been retired from NASA and piloting, okay? But the key that he did was he brought forth things that was like a first whistleblower with uh, Richard C. Hoagland and Mike Barra. And the men I mentioned in my business, uh, I crossed over as an extraterrestrial uh, with Clifford Stone, but it was certain people that could speak E.T. <laughs> the, the extraterrestrials picked us. And so uh, the government didn't understand, but they did. So they kept an eye on us as to those that had extraterrestrial involvement. So I'm sure there's a list out there somewhere with my name and Ken's name and Richard Hoagland's name on it, not to mention. Now, Mission Control probably doesn't know anything because Chris Kraft was the only spokesperson for ACIR with me. And I don't know. Well, Ken, Let me try Ken again. He's calling the wrong phone number. This is so embarrassing. Okay. Bless his heart. Let me let, let me try one. Well, Mike's not used to working with me, folks. Mike, uh, Mike's known me for years, but he hasn't had to work with me. And uh, I have to admit, this is very uniquely different. But you know what? It's supposed to be for the UFO Secret Space Group anyway. Let me call Ken and then tell him I'll – I know – let's see. Uh, hold on, Mike. Are you still with me? Or are you gonna never yeah, come I'm back? I'm still here. I'm okay, still he's, here. he's helped me. He's helped me out for what is this? Your fourth show this week? You helped well, out with uh, Ace Folk Life. Thursday, uh, Sunday, Thursday, Friday, today, Sophia. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I had no idea you did five shows. That's a week's worth. Well, you made up for eight years, didn't you, Mike? Yeah, apparently. Ken? Yeah. Hi. How are you? You hit my number, and I picked up the phone. Well, that's wonderful. Let me get you uh, – I don't know which phone you're on, but I tell you what. I don't want to lose you. And instead of having you call – do you think you can figure out – well, we haven't been doing very good. Let me – You're uh, okay, I've got – Several phones here. Uh, Mike Stan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's got a good sense of. It's the 301. Okay, let me add the studio to you, Ken. I've just got to put on my, uh, take off my tinfoil hat and put on my AI hat. Stand by. I'm not going to lose you, sir. Stand by. You're going to go live. Stand by. Okay, here we go, folks. Now, I've got to call in, add a call on that. Bear with me. I've got him on a different phone. Uh, I'm going to put him on air the hard way, meaning I'm 
hooking him and doing a third-party call back into the studio. Okay, I'm going to merge him. Now, you're on the other phone, Mike, right? You're still... Yeah. Okay. Stand by, everybody. This one, we have a, a rainstorm coming in right now, and the horses are all out. I'm going to put them unmuted. Okay. The reason I got feedback is I've got three phones on plus the studio, so I need to block some of them. Okay. Stand by. Yep. Okay. Mike, are you there? Mike, are you there? Good. Okay, I've got to turn two more phones off. Stand by. You're echoing. You think? I know. Okay. <laughs> Let's see if I can hang this one up. Okay, are you there, Ken? Yeah, I'm still here. <laughs> Good. All right, now. All right, I had to turn certain phones off to get you online. Now, Ken, you're now online. This is uh, Mike Woods and the rest of the world and the entire universe listening. These radio waves never end, Ken, as you well know. Ken Johnston Sr., you are live on the air. This is our 10th year anniversary with you. You are a commander and chief, and you wanted our five-star command for the veterans and the volunteers and the narrative history so we could hold the line for the solar cosmos story. And Ken, again, uh, Mike and, and the people of the world have been waiting patiently to hear your story. So where Uh-oh. would you like to start? Would you happen to have Ken's moon with you right now? I'm going to turn this floor over and uh, I can't mute. So, cause you're on this phone. Now I can call back in on another phone, but um Mike Woods, Michael Lee Woods was a U.S. Marine Corps gentleman, and so he knows. So why don't y'all start with your uh, involvement with Marine Corps, and Mike's going to ask you some questions. So you two go ahead, and I just have to sit here and listen. Oh, well, I'll say Semper Fi, Mike. Uh, that was the first thing I was going to say, Semper Fi, brother. Uh <laughs> Say what? Yeah, go ahead. I'm going to shut up. Uh, Well, no, you're not. This show's about you. You're going to start talking. (laughs) We've been talking for a while. Each each time you pause and then I start to talk, you're talking again. So we're doing real good. Well, I'll tell you what. uh, This is your show. Uh, Why don't you just start at the beginning and give us a little bit of your history and Tell us how you got him. Tell us what you know. What your book's about. Just give us your story. That's that's what we're here to listen to. Oh well, so I actually I guess my story comes down to, uh, yeah, did it come down to? Well, anyway, when I got out of the Marine Corps and I uh, settled up here near Albuquerque, New Mexico, that's kind of where we, the wife and family, kind of set our roost here. But uh, no, I continued. Um, uh, Staying involved with people, getting information from the moon and, and Mars, et cetera. So um, I kind of feel like in many cases that I'm somewhat related to the extraterrestrials as much as much as it's been thrown at me for me to try to, to stay up with what some of the hidden organizations and and public government think. So I, I'm really kind of uh, excited about um, being involved because 
I feel like we're just about on the final, final grunts of the government finally admitting the fact that we're not alone, and we'll see what will happen from there. How about you guys? Right. I think I lost somebody. Well, I've thought that for you. I've, I've always thought that there were more, 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 there's more out there than just us. Uh, I think it was uh, – I can't remember which uh, scientist said. It might have been Carl Sagan that said, uh, "If we're all there is in the universe, then it's a big waste of space." So I have, I really have no <laughs> doubt that there. Uh, uh, I like that one. I agree. I agree with you. Well, Ken, you yep. were the first one to get with the Moon and Mars people, and uh, you got uh, got your pictures up with you in your Mars outfit when you got, and then. Uh, Mike read us a little bit, but uh, if, if you want to, uh, Ken, I'd like to discuss back in the day, but people may not know how you became so famous as a whistleblower because they weren't known as whistleblowers, but we had cameras and we had pictures of the moon and we had uh, film and some of the film was coming back with, I guess you could say, the nice way for NASA, I remember bogey 10 o'clock high. So I know what I heard, and I know that we were, we had, uh, we, the a- astronauts weren't allowed to talk about it, but they saw extraterrestrials and they saw spacecraft. Now, nope. some people would like to say that it was of a certain kind, but I don't claim to call different beings from space what we call them on the planet nor do we use those in military terms. So right off the bat, there's entertainment terms and the people that have written books. But what would you call those beings? Now, you know Edgar Mitchell, astronaut, oh, yeah. a lot of the astronauts. But uh, while you were working at NASA, and it's in your book, and we will go over a lot of that, but uh, with Hoagland, you know, he really – you put him on the map or he put you on the map because you were backing up his story. And I remember the poster you put up, and that got on all the news back then. And uh, they were uh, rushing over to you and Richard to take that Mars poster down back at NASA. Uh, and that was later on when we were sending up the – I don't. It wasn't Hubble. It was something we were sending up to photograph Mars again. But I don't. I was trying to get uh, some help on that. Do you remember any of that, or do we need to go back to the Air Force here? <laughs> no. As a matter of fact, uh, RCH Richard Hoagland uh, was doing a, um, a conference in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Was it Albuquerque? Anyway, um, and I thought, oh, good. Well, I'll just get a chance to go in and say hi and introduced the guy and um so I, I went in and introduced myself to him and he he like to freak out he says oh my god you're the one we're looking for and so they put me in the back room and we started digesting information that was just common stuff for me but for uh, richard hogan and i think that's that's where he got most of the information that he needed to be able to go as as long as he's still been going i don't know how is he still alive with us i hope you know Got me. Uh, Rick, uh, the new boy in town is under – I'm 70, you're, you're going to be 80, so the young boy here is in his 50s. So, Mike, you're the young Marine that's going to inherit all of our HQ data to help 
with the splintering of the internet in the future. Probably yeah, he, years. He, he's still he's still going at seventy seven. By the way, well, I, I still have him beat. I was born in nineteen forty two. Well, so you, this is important historically, folks, because you're getting it first from Ken Johnston. He was on Art Bell. He's a friend of Art Bell's. And I met, uh, well, we all know of Art Bell, I guess. So he was even uh, uh, portrayed, I guess, and uh, taken with uh, Steven Spielberg putting, you know, uh, uh, ETs on the map in his movies. But Close Encounters of the Third Kind and then J. Allen Hynek's story of C.E. One through whatever, because we're still going five to seven now, and uh, I'm considered a CE seven because I'm working with direct. But now, Ken, you want to share? Uh, wow, there's so much, Ken, that I know you want to tell us about the government, and you know they canceled the bullet, the budget on the Apollo telescope mount, uh, and you had to uh, leave there. But did you go to Brown and Root after you left NASA? Do you want to? Go over the Johnson Space Run or Cape Canaveral or the Lunar Receiving Laboratory information? You're pretty much right. Is it uh, just as one of the, the government contracts with the company, we'd all get laid off and we'd, we'd go and move over to the other company that got the latest contracts. So, yeah, I was in Denver, Colorado for a while with, with Martin Marietta and Cousin uh, down in Florida. And uh, I, I have to get out my. my um, records from the the safe and look and see but no it it um it kind of tested out the, the people like myself that uh, we were the ones that were doing the, the the records and keeping track and finding out what was really going on and then nowadays they want to try to keep us quiet so <laughs> we'll just talk about what we have seen and what we've had experiences and what we really think is going to be coming up next because um Actually, right now I'm looking out my window, folks, so if I get shut off, it's because we've got a thunderstorm coming in with about 10 or 15 minutes at the most. So, yeah, anyway. that's odd. I'm having one here, too. It's almost like the government's controlling the weather. I don't know <laughs> well, possible, I get one here, we could use the rain. Uh, well, you're not getting one in Tennessee. Now, Ken, you're the director of the lunar, uh, the data and photo control department. When I knew you back then, and when you had a job containing all the pictures, and yeah. scientists picked up samples of the moon, and they wanted to uh, know where those samples came from. So they wanted to look at the moon, right? And your job was to gather all the packages of the pictures for a while from the orbit and space around the moon. So well, you, had, you yeah, want to well, tell that story? Well, real fast is how it wound up there is, that, of course, I was one of the engineers at the, the vacuum chambers where we were testing the spacecraft and the equipment material that they needed. And then um, when we, um, we got the first samples and things back, I was over at the Lunar Receiving Laboratory. And this whole thing is that people who have experienced this will know what I mean. When you have a, a job or, or with a, a government contract with a company, just as soon as that job is finished with that company, you damn near get laid off, and then you got to find another company to go to work with. So, so many of us wound up with, um, I guess, uh, not log books. What's the term? So, you help me out here uh, with with your trying to show people what your experiences and things are. They say, "Oh my gosh, well you were with this company. No, you were with this company. You were with this company." Back and forth, and then you get old enough, and you want to be able to retire, and you can't have it retire because 
you know, you don't have that much time with one company to have retirement. So, no, I've, I've had the experience coming and going. It's, it's been quite, quite a lot. Well, yeah, my open. engineer friends went into job shopping from NASA folks, and That's we learned term. that we were learning how can we all as civilians, employees, and contractors uh, help each other with Brown and Root, our TRW, our Jet Propulsion Laboratory. So we never knew – we had to watch for government contracts because we all needed money, you know, in the ECS systems and – you know, the limb and the command module, whatever they were working on back then. So that we called them, you know, wherever the money was as contractors. I, I still to this day watch the government contracts. They come into my mail, believe it or not. But uh, the Apollo 13 crew, now some of y'all may have seen Apollo 13 and know of uh, Ron Howard and Brian Grazer and then our producer that's been on our show here. He passed over, uh, Philip. Uh, Paul Rosenberg, and we have the uh, Go Soul First brand uh, that he helped us get started and uh, with people around the world. But that's uh, all part of this UFO HQ and ACIR. And I think that's how they tried to keep us quiet, too. But, yeah. you know, about 13. Now, do you want to go over some of the procedures uh, that we went through with uh, – uh, making people understand with movies with Apollo 13 or uh, I've got your picture here posted on a testing procedure with maintaining life support. Now, a lot of us growing up as kids saw you guys in these, these, uh, they look like moon suits. You walk around in these big white, why are they, well, to, were they air conditioned or what? What is, what, why do y'all look like marshmallows? <laughs> Those are actually um, uh, space vacuum vacuum center suits that we were wearing. So we had to have on our back had to have the um, uh, what the hell do we call them. You got me talking about ancient history now. Um, the vacuum chamber packs that we wear on our back that was producing supplying oxygen up around into our our helmets so that we could we could stay alive. And there, there, there were times whenever um, the computers computers not computers. The um, vacuum chambers were lethal if we were to have lost uh, our helmets or the the uh, oh, space the spacesuit. So, you know, anything that the astronauts wound up having to do to walk on the moon, as well as go out in outer space and all that, we had to do in vacuum chambers to test it all out, be sure it would work. So, I, I had really your unsung heroes for willing to give up your life just to get us out in space in the LM or the if you remember going in and out of the vacuum cha- chamber, the lunar module they called the limb, right? Oh yeah. The astronauts would feel safer because you guys tested out the marshmallow suits or the space suits and right. maintaining life support. So that's what he's talking about. Uh, that's pretty scary stuff. I can't say that man or female or young that I wanted to do that, Ken. To be honest with you. So there was a lot of things that went into historical accounts that have not been covered by the astronauts. And they didn't, you know, these uh, news releases um, that we saw on TV, they were just putting astronauts up there in suits talking. And they didn't really, they usually had to go back and be uh, in quarantine. So we didn't get to talk a lot about the, uh, you know. Now you want to talk about the space rocket like Buck Rogers had, the rock rocket pack that the astronauts strapped on their back. Is that what you're calling 
That's what you call it, but <laughs> it's the PLIPS, the, P, the Portable Life Support System, and um, that, that the big, the heavy one. That was a hard thing too, because once you had the full pressure of the suit and everything else, it helped hold uh, most of the weight up of the PLIPS Portable Life Support System, the big vacuum chamber part of the suit. And then, of course, we could go inside the vacuum chambers, which were pumped down the 10 to the minus 12 tor. I remember that. It's amazing. <laughs> so it's just 10 to the minus 12 tor. That is. Well, you were, yeah, you were a Latex Corporation space suit. That was internationally, right? ILC, internationally, late, the Latex Corp, spacesuit engineer, but no, working I, as a test subject for astronauts. I was You're like a lab rat. <laughs> Yeah, I was with Grumman Aerospace Corporation at the time where we did the, the testing of the lunar module in the vacuum chambers. Once we had that all cleared, then we had to uh, run them both together, the command module and the lunar receiving language, the lunar yeah, receiving module. And that once we had all those things checked out in the vacuum chambers there at the Johnson Space Center, as well as the other uh, big vacuum chambers they had as cities, uh, and that, that's, you know, all that had to be run through first you know, before they, they signed up NASA astronauts, those of us which were contractors with, with major aerospace corporations like, like Grumman and, and uh, yeah, right now, you caught me with my TRW. brain. A lot yeah. of my friends worked at TRW. Right. Including me. <laughs> Yeah, so you know exactly what I'm talking about. Where we we only had so much time with one company till we finished that contract, and then we all had to rush over and try to get with the company that got the next big contract. So that went on, you know, for a while. But now, now we're all retired. I mean, retired. <laughs> so right, engineer, designer, scientist, you name it. But you know, a lot of people kept in touch through the years, and you know, we want to talk a little bit about you. Uh, Deke Slayton and other seven astronauts. Uh, but you want to talk about Dr. Werner von Braun? And you and I met him there at NASA at one of those sitting in the back. Well, I, I worked with um, von Braun. He was at uh, the big building one at the Johnson Space Center, the, the big building one where most all of the uh, contracts and all those things were being run. But up on the seventh floor is where we had meetings, and we had von Braun there as well as our directors of the other space stations, uh, not space stations, uh, yeah, for the, um, the the companies, and uh, we we were the, we were the ones that put together the um, the right kind of tests that we needed to prove that things were safe for us to go ahead and do uh, to uh, pressurize our our spacecraft to you know change the type of spacesuits that we were going to be wearing. All of that started uh, in there at the Johnson Space Center at, at the big. Uh, oh, I want to say vacuum chamber. There were three different sizes of vacuum chambers there. And so as we get each each phase checked out and working good, that was getting us ready for the next phase of what was going to be going up with the spacecraft. So uh, it is a, a privilege to have been a part of the whole darn thing from giddy up to whoa. Cause I say whoa because now they just put out a whole new space suit and run the pressure up and say, okay, have fun. <laughs> well, we were working, remember the MER with the Russians, and so we decided that the space would be free. You remember uh, the space race, but we had 1985 Star Wars, 
all those contracts, and I, I was I came back in. I got rehired, and Jay Allen Honey, and I had to go into Air Force again. But I, I was told I was a special project on a special mission through uh, the President of the United States and then the Pitt Joint Chiefs of Staff and the Pentagon. So uh, that was about the time. Uh, you know, remember Soyuz and the Soyuz 19? They yeah. had a dot maneuver in yeah. space. Please, yeah. so a lot of people don't know this because they didn't – I guess they weren't there. But, Mike, do you remember anything about setting up any of this stuff or watching on TV? You were young. You were younger than me about 10 years probably. But Russia and America are going up in space. Have you got any memory of the space? I, I, well, let's see. One of the first, actually, one of the first things I remember as far as the space program goes is uh, when we landed on the moon. Uh, that's actually one of my first memories of television, to be honest. I remember seeing it on the news, and I, maybe maybe that's one of the things that just had me fascinated with this kind of stuff from then till now. And I remember when. Uh, the Soyuz, I think it was, docked with uh, this, uh, oh, uh, a space station. And sounds like I'm breaking up here. I don't know. Or I'm getting some. No, you're okay. Go ahead. Okay. I was, I was hearing something. I thought it was my phone acting stupid. Okay. But, yeah, I, I remember I remember those from. Because if there was something on about a uh, moon landing or a. Shuttle launch or anything like that. I was what Skylab. That's what I was trying to think of when I saw you Skylab. I could not think of that name. Yeah. Well, well, you have anything you want to share on that, uh, Ken? So people can try to believe that. You know, so many people in entertainment put out the backup movie that we didn't go to space. Now, folks, that's just ridiculous. <laughs> I'm sorry, but we got. Or I may use the other <clears throat> Marine Corps language to let them know what I think they are. So. <laughs> yeah. The foobar. That's just that foobar too much. They, so. they prove themselves because then we come up with the documents and records. Of the other people like me, you, you always get an extra copy of one of the documents that you're working on. I have a, a safe, not a, not a, a filing cabinet, but an actual. You know, pretty heavy-duty, several hundred pounds safe that I wound up inheriting once, and that's where I keep some of the records and things. It's just, uh, it's, it's, it's a shame how people that were not involved were not even near our age, but they seem to think that they know everything that went on, and they couldn't even. They, <laughs> they know they didn't know how to take, Yeah, they didn't. They didn't know how to change their diapers. So what the heck do they know? <laughs> Yeah. I remember when they didn't even have paper diapers. The kids today wouldn't know that they actually had cloth diapers probably, but they, I remember in the 60s having cloth diapers. Now, you know, you talk about the Martian Chronicles in your book, too, uh, what you see about the Martians, and that's a whole other colony on Mars with families, but I have alien memories, and I don't know if you want to say visions as a remote viewer or past lifer because it's both working with extraterrestrials coming and going, and then we've got the interdimensionals. But you do talk a little bit on page 313 about the existence of a supreme deity, and uh, I'm sure that people, if you think about God, uh, he Ken puts in here that we are manipulated species and a hybrid species. 
developed on planet Earth. Yes, I believe that because we are a species of a comparative kind that has various DNA mix. And this is going to be very uh, open out there now that we can do everything with uh, others. And historically, all the way back through the stories uh, from the heavens came with the Anu, An, and then Anu, Nahi. It just means those from the heavens came, basically. But uh, all that was tried to be taken off the planet. But we actually had the history of us from space as uh, those space beings intermixing on the planet. And then, of course, in India, we had the intermixed races. We had the powder blue and uh, the light blue, and we had blue bloods. Actually, if you look at your arms, if you're uh, a human being, you you may see uh, light blue shining through, but you bleed red when oxygen hits your blood. But we actually had light blue beings and some under Earth and other different various forms of humanoids. Oh, you got me looking at my arms. You got me looking at my arms right now. <laughs> You're absolutely right. <laughs> Do you see a blue vein? Are you human? No, oh, I got a lot of, I got a lot of blue veins. Touch yourself to see if you bleed red, but it is blue blood. You are blue. Uh, now the dawn of the Cold War is shooting wars in '85. Uh, things changed a lot, but advanced civilizations, technologically, we weren't allowed to talk about them, and unfortunately. There's people still trying to control the money and the budgets, just like we talked about being laid off from NASA or TRW or Grumman or NASA JPL, right? Right. Just every every new contract or another phase of the whole space program and, and each each phase that we were going to have to go through, every time we'd finish one phase, they'd go through a layoff where they'd lay off. They're near 100%. They're, they're, let's say at least – Sixty percent of the people get laid off and they get hired, re, reti- retired, yeah, re, rehired, and that's uh, really how hurt most of us the most. Because by rehiring, not rehiring the same company, be a different company because a new contract, we wound up uh, getting old and not having a, a um, what the heck is you call it, where you 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 build up so much money you're going to be able to be retired and you'll have money coming in every month. What's that called? I'm sorry. My, it depends my. if the government gives you a pension plan if you're lucky enough to get it. But otherwise, we've got Social Security that was enacted. I believe Social, Social Security is 43. I could be what, wrong about that. But no, most all of us, that's all we got was our Social Security that we built up. And we had to uh, had to take care of that for ourselves because when you, when you left one company and went to work for another company, well, oh, well, you don't have enough time, so they didn't have to worry about it. Yeah, it's it was it was tough, and now I think that's all been changed to where you work for one company and and um, then when you if that contract goes out and you go to work for another company, they just transfer the um, uh, amount of money that's going into your retirement fund, whatever it's called. Anyway, social. Well, security. we have four hundred one ks, IRAs for those lucky enough to companies that set them up. But uh, let me ask. Uh, do you have any questions you'd like to ask uh, Ken now that you're sort of coming to fruition here, Mike, because you're the one going to help lead the future for our, I hope for our UFO HQ and then our Allied Command HQ. Guys, we're the, we're the commanders, John. I mean, Richard. <laughs> oh, shoot. Michael. 
<laughs> I'll figure out who I'm talking to as my co-host, folks. You know, we've had John tonight. Tinayuka and <laughs> oh my God! Now we got Michael Woods. Mike, you're the young kid on the block. Yeah, you've you know 50. Well, you'll soon be 60. But, but yeah, so any of you uh, young swipper snappers out there in the 50s or 60s, Mike's got the lead for you guys. He's got the con. Go ahead, Mike. Ask me or Ken, mainly Ken, anything. I'll back Ken up, whatever he says. <laughs> yeah. You better be careful. <laughs> I want to go back. To, go ahead, Mike. I want to go back to. Your, I want to go back to your time in NASA. Uh, you were working uh, with uh, in distribu- distribution of uh, moon samples and photographs, and I want. I want to get into. Uh, when you found them, I think you called it stripping the photographs. Can you tell us about that? What, well, what you, yeah, I think I think what you were showing is the Lunar Receiving Laboratory where the samples were being transferred over after they were um, depressurized coming through the vacuum chambers over at that lab. Gosh, that's been a long time ago. At any rate, um, so – when we, we had them over at the LRL, Lunar Receiving Laboratories, that's, that's where we were actually testing all the samples that had been brought back, and that's where we worked, you know, hand in glove with the, not I don't say engineers, these people were the, the top people in the world uh, to be able to test the lunar samples and figure out how old they were and what they're made of and what the effect of being in a full vacuum chamber type situation would be. So. Um, I worked with that group. We produced the lunar sample information catalogs. That was my responsibility for quite some time. And I actually, that was the other thing. (laughs) I'm going to go ahead. They can catch me because they'll be listening to what's going on. They actually came to my home, and and not just mine, but uh, most of us, and collected the data and documents and uh, test procedures and things like that that we of course, you know, you're working, you're going to take stuff at home, do some work at home, and then bring it back to work the next day. Uh, they confiscated a lot. Like they came to my house, and they, said, they asked me certain things, and certain things. Were, I said, heck no, those things are supposed to be right there at the safe in, at NASA. And, of course, I, I lied. Uh, well, no, let's say I didn't lie. I just didn't tell them the truth, okay? And I wound up with a very, very volumes um set of documents, and then when the um, Oklahoma City University uh, presented me with a PhD, um, I, I transferred the, the secret ones I had over to their laboratory, and they put them and kept them in their you know, and they used them for some of their best scientists and stuff to overlook and see what was going on. And then when it was fairly safe for me to try to get some of that stuff back, I, I went from down in down in Houston, south south of Houston, uh, back up to Oklahoma City and the university there. And um, fortunately, one of the, um, the the PhD doctors, or you know, doctor uh, professors, he had saved almost every single one of them uh, documents that and and samples that I had presented to OCU, and he gave them to me, and I took them back and kept them in safes for years. And now I'm. I, I don't even remember how we we got them back into the system so that scientists around the world were able to take a look at uh, the samples that were brought back from the moon. So I guess I was the guilty one of, of saving 
the truth and the, the, the materials. And fortunately, no one's come to lock me out, so I, I guess they figured they better not cause too much trouble for me because it would expose the bad guys, and I was with the good guys. that sound about right there, TJ? Yeah, and that's why we hoped you would get all of it you know, in your book, but we hope to get another book out of Ken, but folks, you know, it's going to have to be based on your questions and what it is that you find that you would like to know before we leave the planet again, because, you know, they strip us out of here and put us in other bodies and other dimensions. And this is something you're going to have to discover on your own, but, you know, we're here now and uh, it's, you know, after hindsight, 2020, there was a big, uh, I guess we put a mark in the sand and the 2004 kids leaking out what they were seeing. For some reason, uh, America, the United States of America, or the pandemic, or everybody sitting at home uh, with twiddling their thumbs decided everybody with a big aha moment would go, oh, well, we guess hindsight's 2020 now. So we'll all agree that ancient astronauts and exist and maybe all these stories that have been around in the ancient wisdoms are all true now we're looking that science quantum physics and spiritual science are all coming together and that's what i always felt because the people i saw weren't bad and the only times that people were talking were the people whether they were telling the truth or not i would have to know and i've had people on this radio show sharing their implants or things they got out and including with uh, Daryl Sims with the CIA and Daryl uh, out there. Uh, uh, but Ken here talks about, you know, what was real on the space uh, lunar receiving module and the, the rocks from space. So I think Mike bringing that up and then us talking about we're, we didn't go back into space. We teamed up with the Russians on the Murr, and we had to hitch a ride. That was sort of embarrassing for people at NASA. Wasn't it, Ken? You remember how everybody was really disappointed? Oh, yeah. Because America all of a sudden had no money to go back into space. How do you start something you don't finish? You know, of course, Kennedy, they did away with Kennedy, wanted to go back in 63. So there was something going on about why we weren't. Now, William Tompkins, which you and I – now, I didn't go meet William. Well, I met, yes, I did, too. I met Bill Tompkins. But I met him in the hangar at date. Uh, they took me to, uh, or they had me come meet William Tompkins before he died in uh, Dayton, Ohio. Okay, so I had to go meet Bill at Dayton, Ohio. That was my job. And they wanted him in the in the story. So there is a narrative of the men in black and those that control, I guess, all the black budgets as the way I look at it, and then uh, how the government had contracts going out to all the government uh, contractors. Brown and Root, Northrop, uh, you know, it was getting into space, the Johnson Space Center, Cape Canaveral, and how we were moving forward on the Apollo missions. But after William Tompkins' book, now he's got three books, and I guess, and he died again. So a lot of our people are gone now. So we're some of the few in the 70s and 80s, and we hope to live forever. To, uh, I'm sort of, they, they put me back in my body, and then I have to come back and work. 
And that's okay. I agreed to come back this time like a bodhisattva. It's like, well, he'll take care of my children. And they said, well, all, they said, all, you'll have to accept all as your children, meaning the humanoid species publicly, I guess. So, Ken, you had that feeling too. Sometimes it's very confusing, but you had uh, experiences, and sometimes they'll change the uh, memory if it's too hard on you. And so you get to maybe if you ask for that, they'll put a screen of the mind, and you don't have any remote viewing memories. So personally, they'll paint stars or smudge or do you an Easter bunny or <laughs> something that's a clown if you hate clowns, so you don't remember those things. And that's We've proven that psychologically in our communication efforts that if you need to mature uh, at a spiritual level on the on the planet, that our galactic neighbors can pretty much erase your mind. I believe after all the uh, men in black and the little machine that they'd hold up and put you put glasses on and then they'd hypnotize you is not far from the truth as far as appearing images in your mind and able to erase that part of your brain. And that's something that Ken is dealing with now. Aren't you, Ken? You saw the same movie I saw. <laughs> Men in Black. Yes. Yeah. One, two, and three. And so, you know, folks, we, we really do use movies. In, uh... Go ahead, Mike. I said, don't forget MIB International, though that was a pretty forgettable movie, but that's just my opinion. There you yeah, are. the first, the first, first one was always the best. The first one was brilliant. The second two were pretty good, but uh, MIB International, I'm not even going to talk about that one. I haven't even seen it. <laughs> you ain't missed me. Uh, I guess that's look up Rotten Tomatoes. Well, you use IMDb a lot. I, I got to pay my dues again as a publicist and journalist uh, to get on there. And catch up people's IMDb's for them, their documentaries or their uh, whatever they need me to do on their bios and stuff, folks. But I get paid for that as a publicist, okay? But are a, you, know, uh, you get paid. We don't get paid for <laughs> telling the and truth. That's only if I have to go up and update people's information that have they don't I'm want just, to, but they want to keep up their public persona. I'm just writing five bucks. Yeah, we have not to, much. We have a thunderstorm moving in right now, and I may get blinked out of here the way it's going. But uh, I'll, now you, I'm have your, you have your certificate of participation in a lot of things, and you have your patches. And so we're going to do the pins like you wanted, Ken. And, uh, you know, I like the patches that they had, but we're going to have our ACIR patch we wore in the, the secret space program, ACIR, on our left shoulder. And you wanted the five stars which I've got a picture up here, and then we have your uh, different, uh, like, solar ambassador. But now you wanted us to make a new one, and I've, I've just recently got Mike to agree, but I looked at the Vegas pins today. But, folks, we'll get you the – if you want to be in our UFO secret space program, as a, or a, we've got artists and copywriters and editors and authors – journalists, videographers, bloggers, everybody keeping up the Internet thread for the real uh, interest in space with NASA and JPL. But we can't do their stuff as volunteers or veterans that have been in the government and gotten out. But we're volunteers working together, and we're going to share 
our own products and services to help each other in writing books and helping each other in uh, social media. Go ahead, Ken. I'm kind of glad that we um, can look forward to something, even if it's just a a nice little certificate that says thank you for what the information that you finally came forward with. So the problem we have, in my opinion, is there are not that many of us still left out there. I know, so we didn't even get one. <laughs> if, if any of them are listening to this program, realize that, you know, you better get <laughs> the secret information that we kept uh, out to the public. And, and that's right. That's, that's been the same way for decades now, and that's the only way that uh, – uh, that you've been able to snag a lot of the information and that's for people like yourself that not only were you involved, but you're also hanging, hanging it all up to gaze and let everybody look and say, this is what we really did. This is what we really found. And this is where we're going. That's How's right. That? There that really was- is a realness to this. And we had to keep a lot of undercover by no accident, uh, at NASA and in the home safe and, uh, a lot of people did this, and now they're called whistleblowers, but they shouldn't be now because after 2020, like I said, we drew a line and said, okay, folks, it's time. Or we didn't. Maybe the extraterrestrials did. I highly feel like they gave me an ultimatum by 2021, July 4th, to come out. And then they started visiting me again, telling me I would go forward. I would disclose. Now, I was, I am the guilty one that told Jim Mars that we got the match. We were telling the kids they got the matches. So I, if you go back in history of the Internet, you'll find that I was the original one that said that. And uh, actually, it was my husband on the other side, but he wanted me to be the mouthpiece or the public relations officer. For were, you at the MSC? were you at the MSC? Man Space Center, Houston, yes. South. I thought you were, and uh, what you just you hit said that to me in the back of the room. I know that. That's what I was going to tell you. Is that <laughs> tell me if I'm wrong? Didn't I wind up taking a, a box, <laughs> a big box of data information and and stuff, and go out and find your car in the parking lot and put it inside your car? I don't remember. I cannot confirm or deny. (laughs) (laughs) I I totally agree. (laughs) I I cannot confirm or deny. I am not the blonde. William Tompkins, no, I I know nothing. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) William Tompkins was like uh, in love with me, right? But yeah, I had... I was pretty good looking back then, that's for sure. But uh, Ken, uh, William Tompkins' book, you were going to follow up, and we were going to write about, you know, the things that were uh, the rumors and working with engineers and astronauts and the meetings and the closed meetings that people didn't know about and meeting each other and then talking spiritually and spiritual science. And, you know, it's just we never could get Ken to write a book, but – we finally got Ken's book done, and then uh, Dr. Alexander Sasha Lesson with your memories that you had hidden because they had the screen of the mind or had done you the men in black blip on your on your mind there. But now you have memories of when you were a child. So we were trying to get to your extraterrestrial memories. I came in fully disclosed, but I had to keep my mouth shut except to the government, right, because of Valiant Thor making it public that they came and go and they picked and choose, and that's what William Tompkins was saying, that he knew certain people were chosen to work at NASA, and people like you and me came and went. 
So in answer to that, folks, it was uh, we never really even knew who each other was unless we were introduced, which was very rare, unless you got uh, the extraterrestrials come and go. And we'll put like people like me and Ken next to each other or have us in a room with Werner von Braun or Edgar Mitchell or an astronaut and for whatever reasons, but uh, Mike, it's the same feeling you got, Mike. You know, when I ask you what you did, you know what you always say, right? My mind's a blank at the moment. <laughs> Mike, you always said I just did what I was told. <laughs> I did that too. Still do. <laughs> Well, uh, Ken, you're a good person, and I really like this story, and I really wish we could get the Richard Hoagland story here with Art Bell on here. You remember with Art Bell, do you remember? Because it was a great show, folks. Go and listen on YouTube. You know, a lot of us have open source intelligence out there, and it's the real stories. It's really history. Why can't you guys find them and collect them? Mike, I'm speaking to you. <laughs> He's a guest archivist. Isn't that the one where we we got together and drove in one one car? Yep. Yeah. Oh, yep. I remember that. How about so, that? Wow. You got a. Uh, and from there and then over, do you remember the couple in New York? Well. Uh, and you went to Florida. No. Well, okay. Richard Hoagland may remember all that. But I haven't. Uh, I remember doing it, but I don't remember the people. Okay. Well, other I than Richard, Richard Hoagland, I remember him quite well. Yeah. I didn't Is he see, still alive? Go ahead. Is Richard still alive? Yeah. Hoagland? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Wait, we'll, Richard Hoagland's alive, isn't he, Mike? Well, I, 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 don't, I don't know. I, haven't, I don't deal with him that often. Very yeah, rare. He turned 77 in April. I'm sorry. Say it again. I said he turned 77 in April. Okay. okay. We may with. want to do a live YouTube, Ken. We may, I may, or some of us may do a live stream or something. But there's so many kids out there doing the videos. We don't even have to work at it anymore. We got retarded. We're retarded now. <laughs> so maybe they'll maybe they'll come film us for a change, you know, because we were always the keepers of the keys or the key holders, as they say, the kids these days that work in the stores like over here at Cricket. My little grandson was the key holder here in Gulf for a couple of years for Cricket t- cricket phones, but now he's moved to Houston. He went back to, you know, he never got to live in Houston, and God bless him. At, uh, see, he was born the night that we came to, from space. Remember of Phoenix? We had, uh, I think it was, was it March 13th? Uh, look up oh. the Phoenix lights. Ken, you remember the Phoenix lights? I was there. Uh, uh, no. <laughs> Not right you? Now. I know John Tenyuka was there with the horses. Uh, it was uh, in Phoenix, the Phoenix lights, 1997 was, or was it 2007, or was it 87? <laughs> we're, we're not very good with the, it's something seven, but my, see, my grandson, so I think it was 1997. Uh, Probably. Mike, will you look up the Phoenix Lights for us old guys? That uh, <laughs> Phoenix Lights over Phoenix, and then uh, my grandson was born then. 
But you know, we've got new gatekeepers, uh, keepers of the keys too. And listen, it was March thirteenth of ninety-seven. That's when my grandson was born. God bless him. So uh, extraterrestrials have a funny thing. Because my daughter got created of his mother when men walked on the earth. I mean, excuse me, when uh, humans <laughs> walked in space, I guess. <laughs> I'm worried about you. I'm worried about you. Do you uh, walk- Ascension, Ascension Masters, folks, Ascension Masters talk. <laughs> what planet are we on? What universe are we in? What <laughs> dimension will travel? We're face space real easy. Remote viewers, you got to know. It's really hard to stay focused, so we have to anchor and have people help us anchor uh, the yes. history. So as the uh, keepers of the flame, is the way it says in the oldest ancient wisdom days. So Ken's a keeper of the flame, or keeper of the key, or a, a pen holder. And Mike, what we want you to do is get our ACIR, our pen holder, for the U.S. secret space, okay? You can call it UFO secret space if you want to, Mike. I like that one. You like the UFO secret space? <laughs> I, I <still> do. Because, <laughs> well, you know, you have to... You wear that, and then the the hidden ones that are keeping tabs on us see us wearing something like that. That makes them worry. <laughs> well, it used to be secret. It's not anymore. Well, it may be to the people still in uniform that don't know that we're really out there, you know, or yeah. they don't they don't know how to talk about phase spacing or interdimensional travel or wormhole travel or that people at various levels in their history have always come and gone and talked about this stuff. It's just that they kept them hidden after, I guess, what, 54, 5600 B.C., and they called it the ancient wisdom, and now it's new thought teachings. So, you know, it's come full circle, so we call it the Ascension Age. But remember, Ken, we marked it 12-21-12 for the kids So, uh, because a lot of them were into astrology and uh, alienology and cosmology and etymology and epistemology. And then we brought in the archetype still. And, of course, we were still using the Jewish Kabbalah and the Upanishads and the Bhagavad Gita. And then we had the uh, Bodhisattvas, all the guys that wanted to come back. But I'm not leaving until everybody leaves. And then that was the assignment I got, all the people I had to accept. So that was some kind of rule the extraterrestrials put on us up there. But now Janet wants to make everybody Anunnaki. And I'm just not for that, folks. I mean, I understand uh, what we're talking about universally, but Ken, you worked mostly the solar system and Mars and moon. And I worked universally up above Andromeda galaxy and uh, universally speaking, we had the guardians of the galaxy. And so Ken, but the UFO secret space, you want him to make that uh, because we got the Clausen out of Vegas, the pen makers out of Vegas. So we've got the ace folk life for our art, culture, and education. But you want a UFO secret space or ACR or both? Uh, I'm not sure what. What would you wear on your uniform for speaking engagements? Any pins or hat pins or lapel pins? (laughs) (laughs) Who are you talking to, me? Yeah. Would you wear them? If we make them, will you wear them? Pins. Of course. Okay. Well, we have to have them for the different events. And then did you see, uh, I uh, I get, uh, Mike's helping me on my printing, even though he's in Tennessee. We're going to try to drop ship. 
we have pastor.com and then we got Modesto, the universal life, our ministers, but we fell behind because of the UFO secret space. And then the, you know, we had people presenting secret space, but they were listening to everything we were saying back in Kentucky with Carla Ruckert and the law of one and David Wilcock on ascension and, you know, being Edgar Casey lookalike and they got all carried away in the spiritual metaphysical. And then we had those that, I don't know all the, people that followed the entertainers that went into, I won't mention names, but a lot of because I make a lot of followers mad. Anyway, we'll just say there's different types of alien groups out there that follow cults <laughs> and want to be bluebirds or something. <laughs> but anyway, but see, you, you, you offend people when you start talking alienology. Uh, Mike, you got any aliens you want to talk about in alienology with me and Ken? Well, since I haven't had any direct experience, I, I really can't speak intelligently <laughs> on the subject. <laughs> but I, I would like to. I would like to hear. I mean, uh, there's people that's accused me of being alien more than once in my life. I mean, I still hear it to this day, but I don't see it. Really? Why do they call you an alien? Don't get me lying. I don't know. It, it's well, that southern accent. <laughs> Travis Taylor gets credit for that. We we got Travis Taylor running our gamb running the thread for us. Bless his heart as all of us extraterrestrials started pulling in Travis. <laughs> Bless his heart. Now we got I I picked this one, but I had I said, You're kidding, right? This isn't really how you talk. <laughs> Poor Mike said Yes. Mike, yes. tell him what you said when you came on the radio. I'm I've been talking like, this is how I talk. I can't help it. Y'all don't like it. Y'all can kiss my southern butt. That's just, that's just. <laughs> oh, we're going we're gonna to have a good time. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You get to it choose was so all bad. that, folks, when so you come bad. down there. It was so bad, <laughs> I had a drill instructor ask me where I was from. Which planet? <laughs> <laughs> <Say> what? <laughs> it's too rehearsed. It's too alien. It's too alien. I'm like, no. They did not program your ass to talk like that. I thought I was bad. I worked 20 years to get my Kentucky accents. I lived 20. I kid you not, folks. I lived from 2015 to 2020, now let's say, uh, 1995 to 2015 on assignment off planet. But my 20 years in back was uh, here on the planet. I had to do it in reverse. Like Cargood, I had to do 20 years on the planet. Oh, my God. So I picked up a Kentucky accent on the planet. Well, look, but, look, yeah, I've been working on this accent for 58 years, and I'm not giving it up now. <laughs> if, you're only, if you're only 58, you're still a kid. Well, I've yeah, got a, maybe I've got several more years to get it right. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Oh boy! Now, it's hard. I even have you know, sad. I don't know. We're getting way off subject, but I will say one more thing about. I even have people around that are from here tell me I have a strong accent. I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I really don't know how they, they talk. I can't help but they want to talk like somebody ain't from here. 
I got to get you on stage with Travis Taylor. Oh my God, Travis met uh, poor Travis. He was a, he's a great speaker, but he did a 2011 show in Huntsville, Alabama. He's written some books, folks. Look up Travis Taylor. I keep talking about him. God bless him, but he got involved. And he told me once. I, I said, Well, what do you want to do? You know, we did the what's what's your wish and your desire. And he's like, Because I'm folks. I was one of the speakers with him at uh, the Mid South Conference in Memphis, Tennessee. A uh, Southern people do the Mid South kind of. They they moved it though somewhere in Memphis, but. I, so he and I were talking off stage. He was up on, you know, we we're both like moderators and speakers. <clears throat> but uh, he and I were talking off. I was going to say off planet, but I asked him. I said, if you could go to another planet, would you? <laughs> well, he was on at the table. He, okay, I, I, I was on the front row and I asked him a question direct, and it took him a minute. He didn't know because he had a wife and kids, right? So I don't think he'd go this time. I think he said no. That was the wrong answer, of course, for extraterrestrial involvement, right? But we 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 got him involved anyway. But he keeps looking for stuff he can't find, and that's okay. We enjoy watching him <laughs> on TV. But he's getting all involved now with the big – no, he told me. He said, well, I'd like to – I'm really interested in that Skinwalker Ranch. I said, not a problem. I said, just call Prometheus Entertainment History Channel and tell them Exactly what you just told me. They'll get you on it. And, huh? I said, yeah, just tell me how many degrees you got. There's no problem getting in entertainment. <laughs> he was, you know, he was a really good speaker in, in, in Huntsville. 2011, he went to University of Alabama. That's me, University of Alabama, Birmingham, folks. But anyway, that's Travis. Now, Mike here, you went to that Presbyterian religious church. We'll talk about that tomorrow. We're going to have fun tomorrow, folks. We're going to talk about love and light and all that stuff extraterrestrials now when you're off planet you don't you can come down here universally speaking and be any religion or none at all you get to pick your body and your people and your family and your accent <laughs> all that because none of this is really uh important up there we don't go by your race, color, religion, religion, say it again uh, i said i made some bad choices in some of those picks then <laughs> you figured that one out already. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I figured that. I get. I figured. I figured out about my looks a long time ago. I wasn't one of those. I started out a duck and turned into a swan. I started out a duck and I stayed a duck. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do. Yes, you do. <laughs> what about you, Ken? Were you okay with your looks coming down here? <laughs> okay with my looks or my books? Your looks. <laughs> I can't body. change can't change that. <laughs> you well you liked your body okay growing through the years because you know we we get pissed off the off island. I was gonna say off 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 planet because the oxygen decays you down here. You know, it's the one thing you gotta have to stay alive on the planet, but it's also what decays you. Everything goes into entropy, right, down here. So we got the I don't know how many years ago did we start. You're just stardust, and, and so we just, that's pretty much what you are. You go ashes to ashes and dust to dust, right? So we had, uh, as you get older, you kid about it, right? <laughs> I, I couldn't, I couldn't keep up with you with all that anyway. So it's all right. Ashes to ashes and dust to dust. If that's right. Your, if you kept your ass off Earth, you'd still be here with us. <laughs> <laughs> I like put that one in writing. I want it. 
know. We've got to stop this. Okay, Mike, come on, seriously. Ask us okay. some questions. Well, sad to say, we're coming up to the top of the hour, but uh, uh, you, you're, uh, you've got two books. Am I right, or is it three? He's working on the third one. With William okay. Tompkins, I had to tell him that I William ask, passed. Yeah, I want to ask about uh, your second book about your uh, regressions. Can you talk about that for a little while? Which one of us, me? Yeah. Yeah, it's supposed to be your night because you're our illustrious leader. Oh, that's not true. <laughs> yes, it is. You wanted the I, I, position on planet, and we gave it to you. He's making me make me go all the way back here in the back of the little library and try to pull out a book and see what the what the heck he's talking about. Because I haven't read my own book. Never mind. The one the one we helped you with on the planet at uh, the UFO, uh, not IUFO, uh, contact in the desert. Remember, it was no. planet <laughs> Sasha. You know, Doctor Lesson. Oh, the Anunnaki dude. The Anunnaki, Anunnaki people. <laughs> I am sorry, I can't. I right now I can't catch up with where you're at. Okay, and, uh, your second book. Uh, what's the name? I forgot. You see, we did Ken's Moon, then we did. What is that book? Now I've got it around here somewhere. Directing? Well, I'm really something. Directing something. What is it? Let me look at back. Just a minute, and I'll look it back up because I can't think of the name of it either. Now I know it has regressions, and then after that, I've forgotten what the rest of it was. Uh, Past life regressions, or he was. Uh, well, we both remember Mars, and that was the deal. We, Ken and I, had past lives leaving Mars, and he was going back home to Mars. Ah, he thought in this reality. Unfortunately, the regression uh, of a NASA whistleblower. That's supposed to be one of my books. I don't think so. <laughs> That's what it says. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord, you folks are going to have to get me off the air sometimes, and we'll start digging through the pile of stuff I've got. In this. Well, you see the dining room in the house we bought it. It's got a chandelier, but I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven bookshelves and stuff everywhere. And finally, at any rate, so... No, I'd like we'll, we'll have to do it sometime when we're not showing how stupid I can be on radio, which is probably being broadcast worldwide right now. Anyway, so and a lot of countries love us, you know, especially out. You know, China actually loves us. So does Egypt and the Emirates and Australia. Australia, we're big in Australia. <laughs> they love us. We need but to take a trip. Okay. They Let's know extraterrestrials. We need to take a trip down to Australia. I've never set foot on on that continent. <laughs> okay, we'll do that. I used to, but man, a lot of people on the airplanes they didn't wear deodorant. Man, <laughs> shouldn't <I> say that. <laughs> they they wanted it or they didn't want it. <laughs> it was very strange going through Hawaii to Australia, you know, because I, you know, I was always going, coming, and going on planes, so. You know, I met people all over the world, you know, some taller than others, and, you know, UK and Germany and Spain, Portugal and Hawaii and Japan. And, but the people going to Australia, the, I don't know. There was, I, I just know, and I asked the people that were always uh, on the, you know, I, I did a lot of same flights over and over. 
in and out of Hawaii. So they said, yeah, that they noted that that was always the issue. Uh, I don't know if it's because it's so hot in Australia or they have a different smell about them, at least back in the day, you know, <laughs> but the 30, 40, 50, well, 30, 40 years ago. So a lot of people weren't even alive back then, but we're the, we have to keep the flame going folks. But every, every human, if you're, especially if you've got extraterrestrial genes, they smell different. And uh, I don't know if you guys noticed that. So that's why, you know, when you come down here, be sure you know when you're playing with your DNA or your family and you choose your family and stuff, you know, all that's like a game, like Avatar. So we should talk about that, Ken. I think that's what he wanted to do about past life regressions. But, Ken, do you have memories? Don't you have memories? Remember we talked about Mars and William Tompkins' book and, you know, how we felt chosen and we all had extra gifts and the government would look for us as children because we were intelligent. But you you had experiences with your brothers, and so you had a past life. You slipped out of your life one time. Of course, yes. <laughs> uh, Were you hit by lightning or no? That was. Do I keep a what? You weren't hit by lightning, but you slipped out one time of your body. So he's asking you about anything that Sasha might have helped you remember, so people can buy your book. Help, you know, they'll have to buy the book. Yeah, that's the way it works. I was just looking in a bookcase in here, see if I even had any extra ones left around. Oh well, I'm, I know they're they're in bookstores, but uh, hey, Ken, I, you forgot to sign mine. I, I told people that earlier. They probably thought you were a segment of my imagination, which most people <laughs> think I'm crazy anyway. So, to my dear friend Teresa J. Morris, this is just the beginning of the ACO and me. So, I guess you re-entered Earth January twenty fifth, twenty nineteen. That's about right. But you didn't <laughs> sign it. You just you you wrote the the message to me, but you didn't sign it. Really? Uh uh-uh. uh. Oh, just retired. That's all. Well, you said just the beginning of the ACO for the Alien Contact Org. So you well, we, had yeah. Get, the AC, go bring ahead. the book with bring the book with you when we get together for the next little get get together, and and we'll put some some good writing in there for you. Okay. Well, I've got good writing. I just don't have your signature. Yeah. Before you pass in this reality. I'll leave it to my kids because my kids love you. Remember talking to Angela. Angela's been on with Dr. Rick Miller, too. She was in here when we did a live stream video. It's so yeah. funny because I haven't marketed me. I was waiting for you to catch up. And uh, I guess I was waiting for Mike and John Tinayuka and Janet Carolusson and Tommy Hawksblood and all the people that have helped build, even Richard Knight, all these people that have helped us build the ACO. But you and I have been taking a break, so I guess we've got to get back to work and be real, extraterrestrial beings, knowing that we come and go from this planet and become human. You know, it's more than what people probably think is possible, but you you just barely tipped on the edge of it that the extraterrestrials have been waiting for us to get to this level, and we're about ready now for it to come more public, exposed to to everyone, in a level, in a way in which – the average human being, Earthling, uh, can handle the fact that they're dealing with an extraterrestrial that ain't from this planet. So you don't I, want to tell them how we used to flirt and get married and you got my wedding ring or nothing or the uh, skull and bones? Me? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> no. People look at him when I was young and look at him on page 124. That's a hunk, man. This man is so hunky when he likes to play pilot. Yep. <laughs> Top gun. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we, boy. We, uh, we were quite good looking as young people. <laughs> but now, folks, you're all going to age, and that's for a reason. And need we tell you is that it's a lifelong lesson. We're on this learning planet, and yep. we all age, and there's a reason for that, okay? And you spiritually, uh, you mature, and you learn more about your uh, essence. And your, oh, oh, Not all of us mature. <laughs> no, we remember what it was we, we got in trouble for. <laughs> Some of us stay kids our entire life, be ye as little children. We'll talk about that tomorrow, folks, the real organizer of the Christ consciousness energy in the Ascension Age. But we're here to help you in the great uh, Southwest Council. Now, Ken, you have been in so many organizations helping and having merits. And, you know, you're always such an all-American and so many things. So we'll get to your pins because you wanted me to do those for you. And uh, you look so handsome, you know, younger. And then at the National Press Club, God bless you for showing up and being counted. They wanted me to, and I was too chicken. <laughs> no, I seriously, I couldn't at the time. I was still under, you know, dark. That was really good. How much did I promise to pay you for saying that? <laughs> yeah, that you looked like it. <laughs> no, uh, no, seriously, uh, you're a very nice-looking man. And there's something to be said because people that work with extraterrestrials, some of us are very endearing and we're good-hearted people. And we may go through various marriages, but we're very good people. We're good-hearted. We'll do anything for you to help you out. And so we live what's do what is right, and, you know, God is love and love one another. And uh, Ken and I have always been lovers, not fighters, but we do. You know, there has to be those that will hold the line for all worlds, all universes, all solar ambassadors are really working out there to make sure uh, some people get through the grids and, uh, you know, in our communication and in our uh energy waves out there everything is waves folks you know we said particles and waves but we you, we pretty much come past the entanglement of the knots but you know ken what would you like to tell people because we got to go but i hopefully you and i won't pass overnight oh you came you called it close in the last month you remember when you had your heart attack and you're all better now right oh yeah oh yeah i'm I'm in, I'm in the front in the front room in my little library. I'm looking up on the wall, hanging around. It's about four feet long, and and probably just for Halloween. But it's a little gray alien that's hanging on my wall, looking at me. But he opens it, opened up his his jacket or his cape, and he's got he's got a gun there. So I guess I've got to be sure I I can put the truth out there. No, I I've the grays. They all service to others. They're they know that they're created and they're biological, but at the same time they're very intelligent, highly intelligent USP, and they are uh, expendable because they're small and they're made for space travel, but we have had those back to Roswell, so we know about the greys. We've worked with the greys on and off planet, underground, blah, blah, blah. They're not bad people. I haven't seen any bad ones, or Nordics either. We talked about with William Tompkins. Now, William Tompkins likes to talk about the reptilians, which I don't, but technically they say that we're of the serpent, some of us. And so a lot of them are talking about that race on the planet being highly uh, 
uh, influencing other humanoids. So, you know, I stay out of that arena, but uh, a lot of the Anunnaki said they were like serpent warriors or dragon warriors, or there's all kind of history out there. So uh, that's what I was wondering. But any of the aliens you'd like to talk about, Ken, or the others other than us, because we're aliens too, just visiting the planet, folks. <laughs> and Mike, Mike is one of us aliens, apparently. He keeps being called one. So uh, we've only got about three minutes, Ken. Let, tell people how to find you when you've got a good day and can talk. How well, do they reach you? you know, if you're talking about the radio, you're going to have to say when, what, and where for that as far as I live down just south of Albuquerque, Albuquerque, New Mexico. And uh, just before you get down to the uh, not Space Center, but at any rate, um, we, my wife and I, Fran and I, have been here for over ten years now, so we're pretty stable. And um, if you get, if you're going to be making a trip down into the, to Old Mexico, you're going to be going right through Albuquerque. And if you're going to do that, you should contact me and stop by, and we'll have a soda pop and bring you up to speed on what's going on in the world the best that we can we can keep tabs on. Uh, I know I've I've always enjoyed working with uh, uh, TJ, and um, we'll try to keep the keep it down to the level of the right things that are really going on worldwide. And um, some of us have had uh, medical conditions and things, and now we're trying to come back up to speed. So if if I sound like I'm lost <laughs> lost in space, uh, uh, it's good one, <laughs> good one. <laughs> well, it's a fact. That was a good one. <laughs> Exactly. Well, yep, we'll, we'll do the best we can with what we've got left. How's that? That's a good idea. Now, folks, he is in Albuquerque, and we do have Jan Aldrich and uh, what was his name? Dan D- Dirt D- starts with a D. <laughs> Sound like a typical psychic. Can't remember his name. But uh, we're putting the University of uh, New Mexico right there at Albuquerque, Ken. And so Jan Aldrich will be coming through there, but I don't know if he's coming through probably on his Wyoming trip. We just had him on. Uh, he's going to be over there 35 days. Let's see, this is Saturday. So yeah, Jan that does Friday nights, but he's going to do Saturday. Uh, I think next Saturday, Mike, did he say next Saturday is going to be Jan, but we'll get Ken and Jan together on a Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So Ken, we may have you meet Jan. And you can invite him to your house. Yeah, he's been with us forever, eternally. And Susan, his sister, just passed. But uh, he's still here. And he's 78, our Earth years. But we'll, uh, you know, he he talks straight uh, guns and barrels and nuts and bolts. And uh, he's really a historian to the point that he really likes the – maneuvers of keeping up with the spacecraft like Clifford Stone and Dean, uh, I can't remember his name anymore, the Allied Command anymore. Oh, my goodness. Folks, we'll just, we'll get the old timers. I'll get a list of Mike. And Mike, I promise not to let you down. I'm going to get you the thing. And Janet used to keep up with everybody, and so did Stephen Bassett. I know you can go, uh, Stephen, Steve and I were talking in Tennessee years and years ago. But Ken was there at the National Press Conference. I, uh, I've, I've flipped to the other side, gone from uh, undercover men and women in black into the journalism. So 
I mean, I'm a journalist, and this is my show, and it's TJ Marcy T Radio. Now, Michael Woods will be back tomorrow. Ken, you're always welcome on Sunday, but we I know you're always busy with your family, you and Fran, on Sundays, but we'll get you back next Saturday, okay? Um, I'll take a, a memory. <laughs> yeah, so you can remember. Well, we we had a little trouble, folks. We're sorry, but, you know, Ken's got a, he's got a real ranch, and he's got real horses, and what else? And you got dogs, and... And your chicken, pigs, whatever, right? You yeah, every, every bit of it. Every bit of it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And and okay. yeah, and we'll, we'll talk about some subjects, and we'll trigger a thought pattern I have, and then we'll have a complete dump of data and information because it's all hanging around in my head somewhere. Yeah, I want to get you back with uh, Richard Hoagland again. Maybe we can get Ken to set it up. No, you're Ken. I can get Mike to set it up with Richard Hoagland. Uh, you used to talk to Richard on a regular basis, but I haven't. I only had him on the show once, I think, and I, for some reason, I don't know. Richard and I didn't stay in contact. I didn't stay in contact with a lot of people in this reality this time around. But uh, I'll try to pull some threads and strings back together in our blanket for the extraterrestrials, Ken, and see who's still in a body on the planet. Okay, because a lot of people left. Now, remember, after William Tompkins, we were pulling that together for the men in black or the whoever they were out there wanting us to pick that up because Tom's uh, spacecraft artist renditions and then William Tompkins' artist renditions, they were going to let us do it after 2020, but he didn't stay on the planet. So that was 2017 when you and I and uh, Richard Tompkins, you met William Tompkins either at the UFO conference our international UFO conference or the MUFON conference or contact in the desert. I forgot. Do you remember? You don't remember, Bill, or do you do? I don't. Okay. All right. Well, you did. (laughs) You met David (laughs) Wilcock and Corey Gitt. You met everybody. I think everybody. Everybody knows you can. It's just. You bring me up to speed. I'll get there. I will. I will. All right. Well, uh, Mike, you're our you are a gem to behold, and uh, folks, you'll learn more about Mike tomorrow because Mike's going to have the floor and give us a lesson on love and relationships as he is a pastor of Tennessee and a pastor with me in Universal Life and our Ascension Church Ohana ACO, which Ken is the actual leader, but he stepped down uh, politically and religiously uh, in his retirement life right now in our universal life, but we made him get him back in the ACE metaphysical if, again, I don't know, but we have a lot of strings out there, a lot of tracks we do at events and we're going to pull them all together. But Ken was our illustrious leader as the solar ambassador, so solar warden, whatever you want to call it back in the, back in the day. And we'll take one I, step at a time. We'll, take we one will. we'll do one step at a time. All right. Well, love and light, Ken. Thank you for. Oh, I've got to hang you up. I'm. I've got to hang you up. I'm looking for you on the board, <laughs> Mike. All right, Ken. I'm gonna. Uh, I can't let you go. You're gonna have to hang on while I close the show out. Mike, any last words or how we get in touch with you? How, oh, I know. Uh, Mike, give them your Facebook. Give Ken. Make Ken your friend on Facebook. Not- I actually sent him a request this afternoon shortly after we talked. Okay. He, he, he sent you on Facebook, Ken. Now, um, Ken was – Just yeah. look for somebody dressed like the 1940s version of the Green Hornet. He's a Green Hornet fan. <laughs> I'll, get, I'll get my wife 
My wife's the computer person. I'm, I know how to turn the switch on. That's about as far as I get. All right. Well, if you, if you haven't found him on Facebook, folks, us old guys don't get on there, but we punch buttons over here at the studio on the back end. I keep trying to tell my brilliant sister nurse and her brilliant forensic scientist husband, but they both retired and are on a cruise right now, constantly cruising around. They like the ocean. So uh, we'll be back next Saturday with Ken R. Johnston of New Mexico, and we'll get you with Jan Aldrich, and he'll catch up to speed where we're putting a lot of the old uh, files from the Center of UFO Studies, NICAP, APRO, and uh, I think even with MUFON and FUFORS. But we'll get you caught up, and we'll get get John Berliner before he dies, too. We'll get the truth out there. We'll get the truth out there. Yeah, we're going to get all the all the real well everybody has a piece of their story but it's their truth it's just like you've all got a soul and everybody listen to your own heart and soul and discernment that's the word of the day regardless of whether you have memories or past lives or have to go into past life regression or extraterrestrial involvement or visits or contactees or ECE1 to CE7 okay and so even those that can't see UFOs I know Dr. Stephen Greer's out there helping you see E5s out there. That's just his choice at that level, and we all agreed to it at the extraterrestrial level. All right, folks, we're going to get out of here. Thank you. I'm going to play some music. I'll play a top – I didn't – did I play top of the world? Be my friend. How about you got a friend? Or, or what? You don't care, do you? Do it again. Uh, hold on. You got a friend. Okay, good. See you all tomorrow. Bye-bye. Okay, Ken, I can let you go. When you're uh, down you. and troubled oh, yeah, and Bye. you need some yeah. love and care and nothing, nothing's going right. Close your eyes and think of me and
You got a friend. 